It was just one of those moments in your life where you're presented with two paths to take. That's the sweet spot. It's what I like to call swag and substance. The idea got bigger and bigger and bigger the more people we kind of brought into it. I'm Jeremy Schumann. And I'm Ro Colinaros. And this is the cheat sheet for your career from the top marketing talent behind the world's biggest brands. We reveal the discoveries that kickstarted breakthroughs in their careers and share the timeless wisdom from their legendary CMO mentors to leave you with tactics you can use today to propel your career to new heights. This is the career advice you wish you had years ago. This is Marketer Momentum. Marketer Momentum. This episode is extra special because I am joined by an amazing guest host. I'm here with Osai Lassisi, who is a leader in growth marketing strategy and has an incredible passion for community. So I'm very excited to have you here. We have a lot to learn from you. Hi, Ro. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And of course, I'm excited for the person that we are speaking with today. And today we're here with Bio. Do you want to give us a one-liner of what you do and who you are, Bio? Hi, everyone. I'm the founding creative director at uh, The Hook Creative Agency here in Lagos, Nigeria. I'm so excited to be here. Thankful for this opportunity. A lot to learn, a lot to cross-learn, and thanks for having me. Yeah, I want to just point out that we have Osai up in Canada, Bio in Nigeria, and I'm here in New York. And how special is it to be able to have this conversation from thousands of miles apart? And Bio, I know you got to come all the way to the United States last year for this mentorship program. What was that experience like? Okay, it's funny you said last year because it actually feels like last year. (laughs) Oh, you're right. It was the beginning of this year. Yeah, but it feels two years ago, knowing uh, current reality. It was a great experience. The intention was to come in and just have some time with my mentor. And I didn't believe how open my mentor, that's Andy Burns in Google, how open it was to have me come in. And it was just an amazing experience from talking to the people that work with him, talking with him directly and him literally leading me on, picks up the pen and sketches things. And it's just a phenomenal experience that I can trade for anything. Yeah, it's an incredible. And now, especially that we're stuck where we are. I missed it by whiskers because it was just when I got back to Nigeria that the old COVID-19 thing just went off the roof. Yeah, I missed it. That sounds amazing. And I think you had some projects that your mentor encouraged. In Nigeria, as the creative director of The Hook, we, the intention, because of the kind of small agency we have, is to always fight the norm. And one of our campaigns, the Fair Us Nigeria, the Fair Us campaign was warmly welcomed by the people on the creative floor at the, the creative lab. And it was exhibited for about a month where people came around asking questions about why we came up with a campaign, just a corrective campaign to correct the impression people have of Nigerians within the country and outside. Yeah. And we loved the campaign so much that I decided, you know what, let's just have it exhibited and let people have, ask questions about Africa, about Nigeria generally. And it was, it was a great one for me. Yeah, I, I just thought... 
the whole idea of fear us and this is why you fear us or this is why you should be afraid of us or why you should be impressed with us and then you really corrected that whole notion so instead of being afraid of nigerians because of some of the negative things that are out there which some of them are just wrong but instead you reframed that into some of the awesome things that nigerians are doing and how they're the best in different industries and that's why we should be respected and that's why we should be talked about do you have any particular example that you're really excited about thanks for that the fact that there's one bad egg doesn't make the old crate bad that is a simple impression that we're trying to correct so the media thrives more on bad news we know however there are there are millions of nigerians doing great stuff from here and just from the top of my head 2 days ago one of us still won the ufc you could see how excited the guy was anthony joshua is nigerian we have a lot of nigerians in the tech world doing all sort of things but the moment we find a guy who is going off track a little bit then that becomes the narrative that is being crafted about nigerians so we are not saying fear us because we're scary if you want to fear us fear us for the good things because truly they are great nigerians wow that's an amazing story i think what's really interesting to me is that you didn't start in marketing you started in something else <laughs> can you tell <laughs> us <laughs> a little bit about I think that's a lot of us <laughs> yeah. and how you got into marketing because even just listening to you we can definitely tell that's your passion so tell us a little bit about that journey as dynamic as the system we have in Nigeria is you find people going into different things early in life and eventually after school we realize that what I want to do something else so for me I spent my early years in agriculture basically where i studied for my diploma animal production and health and for the bachelor's it was animal health and production however from the time i dropped my pen for my last paper in school i knew i needed something because all through my stay in school also while i was in a practical class with pigs for example i drew the pigs more than listening to how to treat the pigs so you're in class you're supposed to be learning about pigs <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know maybe the digestive system or whatever pigs but you're busy creating artistic pieces and right. drawing the pig <laughs> you're about to sell those pigs <laughs> you go to the pig style and everyone is looking at oh this is sick that is okay and i'm looking at oh, i love the color they're all white <laughs> <laughs> so i did that however towards the end of school i had to do a lot of things to also make ends meet while in school i was making a lot of drawings a lot of customized clothing and everything and i remember that or i realized that every time people wanted to make stuff that they were going to pay for i would ask them why they wanted to do that okay so you want to gift a girl something why do you want to give her pink why should you give her blue so i was more interested in the reason behind so uh, i was beyond the aesthetics of what i was producing for them so by the time i left school i knew i was a good combination of the reason behind the art and the art itself i googled all the agencies in nigeria and one of them came up went in for a test and they wouldn't give me a chance because i studied animal health and for god's sake I've, i spent the last 5 years or 6 years 
drawing pigs. There wasn't much to show them. However, it was the early days of the BlackBerry. I had some images on my phone. I had seen some ads. I critiqued the ads. I recreated the ads. And those now represented my portfolio. So that was how I got into my first job, which was Lowell Inters in Lagos here, L-O-W-E. So now at Lowell, I was a graphic designer working on Nigerian breweries. I was on three months probation to just see what I could do. I got lucky because after three months and I was asked, young man, can I see everything you've done since you've been in this building? I was, to cut it short, after that meeting, I was made one of the senior art directors on that account. And I did that for another, almost a year and eight months before I got poached by yet another agency that was starting out, Extreme Ideas, which was, they were bigger. So I did the test, got in, spent another three and a half years there before I realized that, you know what? I think I like DDB. <laughs> so. Okay. I'm loving the story so far. I just have to interrupt because your story is so fascinating. You said you got that rejection from one agency, but you kept going. So how long did it take before you got into low lenders? Okay. I'm originally an artist, right? So let me just, let me try and create the image. I did my test in March. And of course, at the time I got there, they were not going to take me in. And I waited till December the same year before I got another call for yet another test. And I did that until the next April before I was called in again to say, you know what, let's hear you speak, which was when I now showed between March and the April of the second year was when I critiqued a lot of ads and created a lot of stuff personally that I could show as my portfolio. So it took almost 13 months to even get the interview. You were so proactive in the critiques and the recreations in your portfolio. Where did you get that guidance? Or was that something that you were just inspired to do on your own? Oh, thanks for that. I, I think I'm a natural when it comes to that. I never said, oh, I just want to try it out. Let's just flip it up. The fact that it's working doesn't mean it can be better. So let's just see how we can turn things on its head and see if something better can come out of it. I think I just got into creating stuff. I got interested in it. I went for the test first time. I saw, I had like a glimpse of what it was. Then I just delved deeper. I think that's so cool, especially in this season where a lot of people are dealing with a lot of rejections or having to stay persistent or having to find a new way to show yourself as being creative or to make yourself stand out. And I can imagine that a lot of people would say that working at DDB is a dream. Like they just want to know the secrets. What are some of those things that you think helped you to make that leap and maybe can help others as well? Sometimes when things look like they're working, doesn't mean you can't flip it on its head to see if there's a better way to do it. I was very comfortable at extreme ideas. I was doing very well. And uh, at the point, I realized that if I went on at that pace, it was going to be business as usual. Yeah, get promoted, maybe get a couple of awards, but that's it. So at that time, I started having the inkling that I could, I started fantasizing about just walking into like a a multinational or like an agency in the US, basically, like an exchange program. And I felt the best shot I had at that was to get into a place like DDB. That was the old thing. I never tried to leave Extreme until 
I sent my portfolio to just move and it happened in less than two months and I got into DDB only to get into DDB and realize that DDB Nigeria is DDB Nigeria, which was part of the reasons I left eventually. And then you decided to create your own agency, which is risky, scary, fun. So what was that like? Why did you decide to do that? Uh, Yeah, so at the time in Nigeria now, we know the leading agencies. And we also know that an agency is only as strong as the people that work there. So I got lucky. I saw a couple of friends. Uh, One of my copywriters at DDB, we came together with another strategist. We thought, what if we were leaving a place like DDB, it had better be living for our stuff, something we can, maybe not because of the control, but something that creatively we can start creating impact generally. And the only shot we have at, at that is to have our place to do that. So that was the thing. Yeah, very risky because I remember when we started out, the very first few months, there was no pay for the founders. It was just about creating work and doing all good stuff out there. As risky as it is, but personally, I always feed off fear like that. Because if I'm not scared of it, then what's the point? What's the challenge in there? The only shot, if I stayed back, at best, I knew the roof. I could see the roof if I stayed back. But if I step out, then definitely the sky would be, would be like this starting point. So. Why not now allow fear make me stay within the roof? So pretty much I jumped out there and and that's it. And the rest is history right now. (laughs) I love that image of the sky and stepping out into that possibility. And you also got to define the purpose of your business. What would you say that the purpose is and how did you come to discover the purpose of your work? Okay, so thanks for that question. For us, we stepped out. And we were like minds, a group of four guys starting things together. We didn't pick our purpose on the spot because it had to be natural. But it didn't take so long to come to two words, play and impact. Because we believe that in play is where we have the freedom to think, freedom to just wander, freedom to even mess up. But we always know that whatever play we are playing right now, has to end in impact, which is what we take really personal in the agency. So yeah, play and impact are the things we are very key in our doings. That's what drives us. I love the idea of play and impact. I also noticed that you mentioned that you didn't get paid for months, for a couple of months when you started. How did you stay motivated for all those months? And how did you keep everybody else motivated all those months where you weren't getting paid and then what were you doing for money? <laughs> Man, there's just so much you can do without cash coming in. The motivation <laughs> would get threatened. <laughs> First off, we were paying our employees. We had, I think at that time, we had about three people apart from the four of us and they did not know <laughs> at that time that we were not getting paid. But truth be told, what, I left a good paying job for this. And from the moment I dropped my letter, I knew that cash wasn't going to come in. I tried to secure a few things and put them in check, such that just dial down on the lifestyle and spend less. No matter how less you spend, if nothing is coming in, it's still negative every day. It wasn't for the money, and it made it easy for us to still stay motivated. We always clung to very low-hanging fruits. 
you create a, a bit of work there, put it out there, get a reaction, feed off that until you have better things to, to harvest from your plowing in and investments in a creative investment in the different ventures. So yeah, I think it was more just hugging tightly onto the very low hanging fruits, blocking them and feeding off those. Okay, so let's talk about low-hanging fruits because I know in Lagos, where you are, we can have graphic designers on every corner of the street. Everybody's a graphic designer. And then some clients are like, we just want the cheapest guy we can find, (laughs) whether they can write in correct English or not. So how do you stand out? Because of the same ad shape that you mentioned now, or rather the same, the fact that there's so much clutter out there the the best place you can run to is just to run into you. But in all this clutter, you just the easiest thing for us to do is just be us. And uh, from from all the works we've done and all the clients we work work for now, we can tell we can see that style. Sometimes when we want to bring in new people, we try to maybe diversify a little bit for them to just add their style to it. But impact is still there. Bottom lines of the clients matter. We want the client to succeed because in them succeeding is us succeeding. And if we do that, and they can, a lot of these clients can see through. They can see through the BS that people put in front, right? So once they realize that this guy is actually not a client per se, we call them partners. So the moment we become real partners on the task, which is to help their business, then it makes it easy for them to come back. And when the cheap guys on the streets the hot shops around decide to come out and when we want to come for our job, we don't even need to be in that room to have to win that conversation because our partner is there, which is the client. Mm, I love that you said the easiest thing for us to do is just be us. That's really powerful because I think so many people feel like they need to go into a workplace and sacrifice themselves. Your value is in who you are. Thank you. So I'm listening to all these things that you've accomplished. I am impressed. I'm fascinated. And I'm also wondering, what else are you dreaming about? What are some other things you want to accomplish? So my copywriter at work says something every time. He'll be like, Bye, if something happens now, you have all the money you need. You just grab your camera and be taking pictures all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love storytelling with images. I love it so much. Apart from if I wasn't doing this, right, you'll find me, I think right now you'll be seeing my images on New York Times and a couple of all those publications because I will have pushed it to that point. That's something I really love. Sometimes when I want to pull off, I get in my car and just drive out of Lagos with my camera. I just walk away for two days, three days. I do that once in a while. That's impressive. Well, thank you. And I'll be flipping through the New York Times and looking for your photos. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about that. And I know we talked a little bit about your mentor earlier and how you took the opportunity and how he's impacted your life. And what I hear often is that it takes two, right? Even if the mentor is amazing, if the mentee is not prepared, they won't get as much value from the mentor. So what are some things that you would challenge the next generation of marketing leaders to do right now after hearing your story? What is one actionable thing? Thanks for 
pointing that out because it truly takes two. I didn't even know I was prepared for the opportunity that was coming during the mentorship program, which will go to exactly what my advice would be. Just keep doing what you're doing as long as it is right. You're not hurting anyone. You are growing daily, even if you don't know it. And sometimes when, when things pop up that are not necessarily what you want to do, so as a marketer, you want to work in on the client side, you find yourself in an agency and you want to work on the FMCGs and you find yourself working on like an alcoholic brand. You don't know, man. Like just keep doing what the best you can. When you find yourself there, just give it the best shot because you don't know. When I met with Andy in Google, I couldn't create chaos campaign on the spot. It was ready. It was something we had. And when he was asking about it, there was no pitch document. I was just talking through the passion and the reason behind the campaign itself. So you may never know where some of these things are taking you to. And by the way, Fear Us campaign itself was a campaign that was rejected by one of our biggest brands, one of our clients. We believed so much in it and we pushed it. So now look at the shortfall, the, the hurdles that faced us, even trying to be us. So as much as possible for people listening, just keep doing you. I know it's sounding a little bit cliche, but that's the truth. The best place you can exert all the energy and be the best you can is when you're you. Keep doing that so that when the opportunity comes, the real you won't force it. It just comes out. What about people who haven't figured it out yet? How do I know that being me will not be taken negatively or something like that? Because I might be too afraid. I might be too afraid to try to be me. What would you say to that kind of person listening right now? You just described me literally from where I'm from to where I am now. I'm nowhere near where I'm going to, but this is part of me talking now is still me being originally me. So for people who haven't yet discovered themselves, this is the point where you're trying to discover yourself. You don't know you've discovered yourself until you find out that you've discovered yourself. It's okay to feel that there's just a very thin line between you saying, no, now I know who I am. You don't just discover it and say, yeah, I think I'm going to be a pilot. And from that day, you now start reading to be that. No, you realize you like to fly. You realize you like, or you don't have fear of heights. Those things have always been there. You're saying... Becoming yourself will be risky. And in the journey, you will become that person that you're proud of and you'll be around and you'll attract the right kinds of people where you will have the kind of joy that you desire as opposed to pretending to be something that you think everybody wants. Perfect, man. Thanks for for putting that way. Exactly. Exactly my point. And I think your life really exemplifies that. So it's been such a treasure and such a great opportunity to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really love this opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, you are the perfect example that sometimes the no's and the rejections you get are just opportunity for bigger and better yeses to come along. And it's hard to see in the moment, but you've summarized that really well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And so where can we find both of you on social? Where can we keep up with you and your journeys and tell you about the moves we've made to become ourselves and to take those risks? For me, I am on social media everywhere at Osaiwa Sisi. For me, you find me also on Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, LinkedIn, at Adebayo Owoshino. So that's at A-D-E-B-A-Y-O-O-W-O-S-I-N-A. Very cool. We'll be able to see all of the different sides that make up who you are. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both. Marketer Momentum was produced in partnership with Julian Lewis and TJ Bonaventura from StudioPod. Thanks for tuning in. We know you're making good on those creative dares. So share with your friends and tweet at Adweek with hashtag Marketer Momentum. And if you have nice things to say about us. Only nice things though. Write us a review on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also special thanks to Adweek. Adweek.